stuff. Welcome to episode 222 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and this is the show where we get to know the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. On today's show, I talk to Lissa Schneckenberger, and that song you just heard is called I Need Us Together from her brilliant album, Thunder in My Arms. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about it in just a second. Before I do that, I want to remind you that all of the past episodes of the Good Stuff Kids podcast are available wherever you get your pods, and now also on Spotify. If you're a Spotify potter, not a potter like P-O-T-T-E-R, but a P-O-D-D-E-R, you can find the Good Stuff Kids podcast there. Just search Good Stuff Kids. You can also find it, you know, everywhere else, everywhere, Stitcher, Apple Music, wherever you do the podcast thing, or on my website, goodstuffpod.com. All of the past episodes are there. They are all free, and there is so much good stuff, like millions, well, at least 222 episodes of good stuff, plus bonus content, plus some good stuff sports. And if you think you have good stuff, then you should reach out, mike at goodstuffpod.com. I'm in scheduling mode. Let's schedule something. Let's put it on the calendar. Let's exchange phone numbers or Skype addresses or anything that you can think of, really. And we'll we'll get we'll get ourselves some time to talk because it's really fun. Find me on social media, the at symbol goodstuffpod. That's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. I want to I want to set up this uh, this conversation with Lissa a little bit. I, it was um, I went into this one. This is one of the more uh, I, one of the ones I was least prepared for. One of the least prepared interviews I've ever done. Not because I didn't do my homework or my research. I definitely did, and I definitely had heard songs like "I Need Us Together" from the album "Thunder in My Arms," and I I knew sort of the the story of why Lissa had created this record. She she adopted a child. She she was a foster parent. She adopted a child, and and sometimes, well, when when kids are fostered or or when they're up for adoption, the the emotional stuff that kids have been through, we can't even understand, and we can't even begin to understand it. And as parents, like so many of us are, uh, we we don't understand how kids can be treated certain ways and Lissa and and people like her have just deserve the most respect the most love uh there's a word in Hebrew called kavod I don't know why I feel like it's the like the right time to throw a little Hebrew in here but she has all of the respect all of the kavod um she's incredibly strong and she talked with me about what inspired this music and why she she embarked upon this particular project and why it was the right time for her to to write songs about her experience. I mean, she's done a lot of music, as you'll hear. She's she's got a lot of different kinds of experiences, a lot of different musical experiences, and and then to to make this really personal and really almost raw record what was why why did she take this leap take the step take this artistic risk and 
you know, I have to I have to say, like, I'm a sucker for like a beautiful chorus. Right. And that song you just heard that that song from the record, um, I need us together like that chorus is so good. But then when you think about it, it's just thinking about a kid who needs help regulating, needs help understanding their emotions, needs help understanding that things are going to be fine. They just need that constant in their lives and that constant comes in the form of a parent and whether it's a parent by birth or a parent by choice or um, an adult that cares this is what kids need and Lissa really really uh, you know I, I should only speak honestly about my personal experience she made a record that resonates with me so deeply and I'm not adopted. My kids aren't adopted. I, I don't really actually know all that many people that are adopted. But as an empathetic person, just thinking about all of it is is it's overwhelming. And Lissa has lived it and she's sharing her experience. And I can't thank her enough. Um, I don't think I cried during our conversation. I'm pretty sure I didn't. But I think there is definitely a few times when uh, it got a little dusty, if you know what I'm saying. So, um of course, as usual, when I talk to a musician, you can hear the full song of I Need Us Together at the very end of the show. And not only that, but there you've got to check out this whole album and really listen to the lyrics, really listen to where Lissa's coming from. And she also shares a few organizations that we can reach out to if we want to get more information and support these really amazing causes that Lissa is a champion of. And Lissa is... Lissa, if you're listening, and I'm pretty sure you will be, you are my champion, and you are a champion to so many others. Thank you for everything that you've done for your son and for raising awareness for kids who need it, kids who need love, kids who need a hug, kids who can be thunder in someone's arms, and you are uh, giving us the soundtrack on how to do this with grace and with dignity and with love and with care. Thank you, Lissa. Here is Lissa. Schneckenberger. It is it is an awesome day here. It's a Friday, um, and I am here on the line with Lissa Schneckenberger. Lissa, how are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It is a pleasure. So I, as we were sort of talking about before we started rolling, I've been listening to to all your stuff today, um, <laughs> all your music, and and it's like you you're sort of you're in this wheelhouse of, of music that I really love, which is you know, on the the folky side of life, um, yes. like, like really beautiful harmonies, you know, thinking about the work that you did um, with your band and, and would love to hear you talk about that. But I, I think that um, it would be great to hear from you a little bit about who you are, where you're coming from. And, and then we're going to get into this, this record of yours that you put out. So do you want to, uh, do you want to take it away? Absolutely. Yes. So, um, yeah, I'm Lisa Schneckenberger. I grew up in Maine and I started playing the fiddle when I was um, really young and was almost immediately part of the folk music and dance scene in uh, Maine and then gradually throughout uh, greater New England. And that really fed me as, you know, creatively as a musician for a couple of decades. And, um, propelled me and inspired me. And um, that's a big part of my background, as you can hear from the folky elements in the new album. Um, and uh, let's see, I went to New England Conservatory 
uh, in Boston and got a, a degree in contemporary improvisation and met a whole bunch of great musicians there, uh, including my husband, Corey DeMario, who plays bass on the new record. Um, and then, you know, we moved around a bit, um, but have now settled in Vermont, in southern Vermont, and have been uh, raising our child for the last seven years. And um, we decided that we were going to uh, start a family through adoption and foster care. And that um, was a, a pretty, still is a pretty amazing journey <laughs> and has completely been, you know, a total life changer in every possible way. I'm sure like all of the uh, listeners out there can understand and, and relate. Um, and so that, um, kind of put me in this whole new circle, this whole new community of, of people, you know, I already had this, um, really close knit, uh, inspiring folk musicians community throughout New England, but also, you know, in, in pockets all over the world through traveling and touring and, um, festivals and teaching and stuff. And then once we became parents, we really got immersed in our, partly in our local community, but also in the foster adoptive community, which um, was a pretty uh, awesome benefit to meet all these awesome, these awesome families um, that we had never would have, we would never have had a chance to rub elbows with all these great folks other, otherwise. Um, and so that, that was really cool. And uh I ended up doing, uh, after a few years, I ended up doing some advocacy for foster and adoptive parents um, at the state level. And we were working on a, a foster parent bill of rights through um, our Vermont Foster and Adoptive Families Association. And um, that, again, kind of propelled me to meet more and more families and, and more administrators and folks that worked for, um, you know, the Department for Children and Families. Um, and that was kind of where the, this album or originated. Um, I was doing all of this, you know, volunteer work that was kind of, uh, it was a lot of driving and a lot of meetings and kind of admin work, organizing stuff. And I really needed to offset that with a, a big creative push just for myself. Like I just needed that to kind of cathartically process all of the stuff that I was working on, both as a parent and also as an advocate. And, um, and so I started writing a lot of songs and that's where this album sort of originated. Um, and it's not from the same kind of a musical place in terms of my previous work, which was all really traditional um, fiddle and folk music oriented stuff. Um, this was different, partly because it was all original um, so I, I'd never even attempted to, to record a whole album of original songs before. Mm. Um, also the subject matter was totally different for me. Like I, you know, was, was used to singing songs that were really, really old and, you know, on a wide variety of topics, but, you know, the classic old ballads, uh, from, from, you know, from the British Isles, um, was a lot of the stuff that I was singing up until this album. So it was all kind of a whole new, exciting, fun thing for me to do creatively. And I almost, at first I wasn't even sure if it was going to be an album because it was so different for me. But over um, a long period, I'd say a, a few years, um, it just gradually 
um, you know, kind of came together until all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I have a CD. <laughs> yeah. So it was a slow process and like a really, really long build through all of these different intersecting experiences. Um, but it, it felt really, really good to put it together in the end. And it felt like something that wasn't out there or really available for people yet. Um, because, um, you know, we discovered as parents, there's lots of different trainings that you can go to. You can read a lot of books, you can watch videos, you can go to workshops. Um, but, you know, this is uh, one of the downsides of the modern world is everybody is so busy and um, foster adoptive parents, especially those that are dealing with um, children with special needs, they have literally no time (laughs) and uh, you know like you know just it's such a huge huge sacrifice to organize and figure out a way to even take time off from your family to go to like a workshop much less anything else um and so I thought music is another way to communicate stuff and I I, for me it's a it's my preferred means of communication and so why not try to communicate some of these topics through music um and um that's kind of where, yeah. where I've ended up. Yeah, and I so uh, just on that note, I I am gonna sort of, we we may circle back to some of the like pre this record stuff in a little bit, but just on that exact note, I want to dive in and talk about one of the songs on the record that just like, um, it it just like hits in a profound way. It's like beautiful musically, and the message is incredible. And um, it's it's the fifth track on the record. It's called "I Need Us Together," and I've listened to it about five times today. Um, <laughs> there's something something like melodic, you know. There's like a lot of levels here, right? There's something like musically and melodically that I hear in there that is like exactly what I want to hear. Um, and then you couple that with this, with the, the lyrics of the song and, you know, I'll be really honest, like listening it to lyrics is not always, uh, it's not always like what I'm best at in terms of like, being a, <laughs> being a music fan. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so like the, but the lyrics here, um, on all of these songs actually, like, it's just like, it's a different thing it's different. I don't know how else to say it. Maybe I'll be able to put it into words as we go along, but <laughs> I, I just love to hear a little bit about that song. Um, sure. Yeah. I'm I, really I, glad you like it. Thank you. You're welcome. I was, um, as I was kind of, you know, getting really buried in this project of writing songs, I started writing songs with my son's therapist, um, who we've been working with for several years locally, who is amazing and has helped us through so much. And um, so I started going in to see him on my own, which was really useful for my own personal mental health, but also for this creative output. And um, so I would go in and I'd, you know, I'd demo a song and, you know, ask him what he thought and, you know, does it sit well topically, lyrically? Does this make sense? Does this feel real to you? And then I was asking him, you know, like, what do you say to families every day? Like, what do you repeat to people over and over again? And, you know, how can we communicate that in in a song? And um, so there were actually a a bunch of things that came out of those uh, sessions. And that song, I need us together is, is, is one of them. And it came about because I actually brought in another song that was kind of rejected that I was like, Oh, you know, I want to write something about self soothing. I want to write something about how do we as humans um, make 
how do we feel better? And, and especially how would you feel better if you were uh, dealing with trauma and developmental trauma and maybe not necessarily very good at self-soothing? Um, and so I brought in a couple of songs and the, the, our therapist was like, no, no, that doesn't sound right. That seems a little weird. Yeah, and I don't think people would do that. <laughs> um, and then he said, you know, what people really need, what, what mammals do is they learn how to self-soothe and to self-regulate by first co-regulating like you know you know your neurotypical infant with a consistent caregiver is going to learn regulation in you know in as a duo and um ideally that happens very very early on with uh, a tiny infant that literally just needs another human for everything <laughs> and that kind of responsiveness that you know that those tiny micro um, interactions that we might not even be aware of every few seconds, those feed the infant's brain development and they eventually learn how to self-regulate and, you know, understand their body and, and you know, do, understand the basics of being a, a human or being a mammal. But if you don't have a consistent caregiver early on, that part of, of your your regulation, your, your body regulation can be really... Um, can be really weird. <laughs> so things like, you know, like you might find that like if if you missed that crucial po point of, of development early on, you might find that you um, you you don't know how to calm down in an, an exciting situation or a scary situation or even a really just exciting, happy situation. You might get kind of out of control and not how to know how to come down. Um, and then, uh, you know, you might not even notice when you're hungry or when you're cold or when you have to use the bathroom and all these things that we kind of take for granted a lot of the time. Um, are really difficult for some folks that had a rough start in life. And so, you know, the, the, our therapist was basically trying to tell me this in a nice way. <laughs> and so we, we came up with a song about co-regulation. And as it turns out, like coincidentally, I'd been going to all these meetings at our local school to advocate for, for my kid. And that was kind of the message I kept having to say over and over again, because in a, in a school system, often, um, you know, the staff and the teachers are trying to set the kids up for independence, you know, how to, you know, do well on their own in these, these various scenarios. And um, I kept having to say, you know, no, this is not a neuro neurotypical situation. We need to teach this regulation together. Like, this is going to be a calming situation with, with together rather alone, you know. And um, so it just, that's, that's kind of where the, the, the song came from. And it, hopefully will resonate with, with other folks too. But, you know, whenever I sing it, I feel like I'm just singing it to all of the administrators I've had meetings with, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. you know, like, yeah. you know, don't, don't leave them alone. You got to go together. You got to, you know, just walk, you know, go even just walking down a hallway together and being calm together can be so important for somebody that has a hard time being calm on their own. Mm -hmm. And th there's a neat musical trick you do in there too, which is, um, I forget the exact lyrics, but it's it sort of goes from the the big chorus, and then it it sort of talk, you know the lyrics are about slowing down, and like the tempo of the song slows down, and I just thought that was so, you know, just like off the charts, brilliant. So I because you feel it, you totally feel it in the music, and it does something to you, you know, yeah. when you're listening to it. So um, yeah, totally get that. So That's super fun. 
as a band. It was really fun musically. And, and um, I'm, I've been working with this uh, drummer, Stefan Amadon, for a really long time. And it was it was just fun to kind of flow uh, within a, a variety of tempos through yeah. a song. Yeah. And um, we, we did have a really good time with that. And and even our, our my friend Alex Spiegelman on the saxophone solo, we were kept joking about his saxophone kind of being part of the the frenetic child uh-huh. <laughs> kind of going, you know, just going off the rails at different sure, points and sure. then coming back around. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like, that's the other part of the song, which is like mind blowing to me. It's like, I'm not always a fan of like the saxophone solo, but this one sounds amazing and it fits and it works perfectly. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you do what you do here, but this is like, this is some <laughs> profound stuff. Um, so then the other, uh, so basically there's three songs that I, picked out that I wanted to hear from you um, about mm-hmm. and the the next one. And I, I'm sort of debating about the, the, the uh, order I want to go in. So I, I guess I'll do this. The, the 11th labor of Hercules is really, mm. really, really interesting. Um, and, you know, I, I think you got to set this one up and would love to hear a bit more about how, how this one came together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. This one again was, was a fun, fun for me collaboration. Um, again, there was a little a germ of an idea from um, from our therapist. Uh, he said, "Geez, one of his mentors had referenced this specific uh, Greek myth as being a good metaphor for dealing with somebody who is is you know going through developmental trauma or maybe recovering from addiction and." you know, he said, geez, that would make a great song. And I, so I kind of thought about that for a little while. And, um, and then I, I started talking to another friend, Jenna Rose Nethercott, who is a local uh, Vermont poet, um, who I actually met because she used to take fiddle lessons with me. (laughs) But, but now, you know, she's, she's this beautiful published poet and I love her work. And she's especially interested in kind of old, song ballad form as as I am as well so anyway we were talking about this idea you know how you know an old folk story could be used as a metaphor for a real life situation that could be kind of relatable and um the this the 11th labor of Hercules is is one of them and then we were also talking about Tam Lin which is a folk song an old child child ballad that is similar you know you end up the 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 main character ends up having to hold this magical beast through all of these really scary transformations until if you know hold if you hold on long enough finally at the very end of the song it's a human being again and they and they can be together mm-hmm. and um so we're talking about these folk themes and how how closely they can relate to this real life situation of of being with someone as they go through these really really difficult changes and as they process something horrible (laughs) and uh and so that's kind of where the song came out and and i have to say i took the easy route um jenna rose nethercott did the lyrics beautifully and then all i had to do was uh put it to music and it just it just kind of came out like when you have a great set of lyrics the melody just kind of happens and it was really fun to to work together like that yeah it's uh it's really i mean it's it, uh, this is gonna sound dumb but it's neat <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, and i i mean i didn't i didn't want to you know like this is it's, it would be really easy to hit people over the head with a specific message with an album album like this and um it felt 
better to do it a little bit more metaphorically and let people come to their own conclusions. Um, I, I'm, I try really, really hard not to preach about anything, but it just seemed like such a relatable story. And um, at least the elements that we chose there, if you get really deep into Greek mythology, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that is not relatable to this particular situation, <laughs> but, but you know, the, the elements that we kind of grabbed and recrafted um, it felt, it felt to me in my personal experience, it felt very real. Yeah. Um, that's really, uh, it's, it's amazing. It's really amazing. Uh, and I, you know, I think that, that what you just said, you know, allowing people to have their own interpretation to this is, uh, is a fairly unique, um, mindset for an artist in like, I guess what we call like the family music genre, you know, and, and, <laughs> and I think that like, it's uh, not often that um, you know that there's layers, and and I, I and I mean like lyrical layers, and I mean like apply your meaning to this, and mm -hmm. you know there's like amazing beautiful songs, and but like this is different. This record is is very very different, and I think the one of if not you know I, I think that i need us together was was one that really stuck out to me but the one that really separates us from the pack um is look away the very first song um <laughs> which is uh you know when you put on a record and and you don't know what to expect and then you you're sort of met with something that that makes you think and makes you feel and as a parent makes you just empathize just so immensely um mm. is uh it's it's pretty it's pretty rare and then you know so i listened <laughs> to the song and i was like sort of torn up and then i watched the video and i was very torn up um, <laughs> but but this this is not but this is not in a bad way this isn't a, in a like i am uneducated way this isn't a i don't know much about what Liz is talking about here. I don't know much <laughs> at all about what her life is like or her child's life is like. I'm, I'm, I'm in a really, you know, it's perspective, right? It's like my life, the things that I think are hard are really, uh, for me, yeah, they're hard, but in the grand scheme of things, they're not. And to hear about, you know, just, you know, sort of the story in the song, it was mm. really like, I don't know. It just, it was profound, I think. So if you would, uh, <laughs> if you would tell me a little bit about the song. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, there's a lot, a there's lot, a lot going unpack. on. Yeah. There's a lot, <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, yeah. I felt like that song was sort of an introduction to the subject matter in, in a way. And it, it, it felt important to tell, you know, to tell a story from a child's perspective who might be suffering from developmental trauma, who, you know, might be in a, might, might be in a new and scary, strange place. And, um, I guess it, uh, it, it started with that song started with the middle section. There's this big, uh, kind of angry sounding bridge, section in the middle of the song um and that was very personal it felt like that was what i was dealing with with my child on a daily basis as we were getting to know each other in the first few years and um which makes sense when you're you know you're placed in a new, a new home and you've had a 
crazy things happen to you, you can't trust anyone. You can't trust anything. You don't know what's going to happen next. Everything feels chaotic. And you kind of recreate the chaos around you over and over and over again. Um, and, and, and there's things lyrically like in that bridge that are kind of nonsensical on purpose where he's, he's kind of saying like, you know, nobody wants me, you don't want me. So look away. And, but at the same time, you can, you feel that actually you really, really, really want them. (laughs) You know, it's this very, very scary push-pull feeling of chaos and 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 um, anger and frustration, which um, then the rest of the song kind of has to set up that feeling. Um, and I and I sort of stole an idea from this video we watched when we did foster parent training. Um, they play a video, like a really simple little scene for you to sort of help you empathize with and understand where a foster child might be coming from. And in the video, it's, it's the story of like a little girl who she has something really scary happen to her with her birth family when they had ordered pizza one night. And then you cut forward in the video and she's with her foster family and they order pizza and they're really excited. It's going to be like this special treat and everybody's going to sit down and have a a dinner together, you know, what kid doesn't like pizza? And the girl has a flashback and she totally flips out. And it's just a, a an explanation of how, what a wide variety of triggers any different human, all of us can have. And sometimes you just don't even, you know, how could you know? <laughs> yeah. Something seemingly uh, really wonderful and happy and fun and, 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 and good could actually feel really, really bad to somebody else and you just don't know. Um, and so that was sort of, you know, how I crafted the rest of the verses as a setup for that song. And um, just, it, it's true that it's something that not, we're we're lucky that, not all of us has to think about this all the time. And um, it is pretty dark. Sometimes it's a really dark, deep subject matter. Um, but the more I, um, the more families I meet and the more I interact with people that um, are foster and adoptive parents, the more I feel like um, this kind of an experience, like this developmental trauma and, and, um, you know, dealing with trauma at an early age, it really affects everybody as a society, like as a community in your neighborhood and in your school and in your your town, there's all these little layers of, of trauma that are kind of, you know, seeping out into, into the world. And it makes it so much better when everyone else can kind of understand and empathize with it, even if it's not their own direct experience or um, even if it's not their own family or their own kid. Wow. Um, well, thank you. Thanks for, uh, for, for getting into that bit, um, with me. That was, uh, really interesting to hear. Um, so, (laughs) you know, and I, I, I'm just sort of, I'm really, uh, uh, impressed with the level to which you are willing to go and, and, and people have their causes and they believe in their causes and, and it sounds like you are really, really invested in this, which makes a lot of sense. You know, it makes a <laughs> lot of sense that if you're going to go into this, you're going to go into it all the way. And, um, yeah. if, if, if people were interested in getting more involved or learning more, um, it, it just in terms of 
helping out uh, in, in ways that people can help out, whether that's financial or volunteering or things like that. I know that, um, you know, you, you're in Vermont, I'm here in Houston, Texas, but that doesn't mean that there's, you know, just need only in Vermont, there's need all over the country. So there really is. Could, yeah. could you point us in a, in a direction of an, of an organization at wit, at least where we can sort of start this journey if we're interested? Sure. Yeah. Well, so um, there is a National Foster Parent Association, and they're really easy to Google. I wish I had their their call their website thing right memorized. It's like I think it's the maybe national NFPSA something or other. Anyway, National Foster Parent Association is a great place to start because they have a great resource list. Um, on their website of all of the other associations around the country in various states. And almost every single, no, I can say this, every single state has at least one foster adoptive parent association. And um, they're great resources and all, very helpful. Um, you know, obviously bigger states might have more than one and, and there's even more local associations depending on your area. Um, here in Vermont, we have a very small population, so we just get the one <laughs> that's statewide. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but there's, you know, in Texas, I know already there's several. And so, you know, just do a little Googling and you will find, yeah. you'll find the people to talk to. Um, and I also am happy to talk to people myself if people want to contact me either through my website um, or on social media. I'm really excited to interact with people about this and see what their stories are, see what they have to say. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Um, so we're just gonna, we're just gonna just turn the tone just a little bit here. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to get right into it, but I also want to, uh, point out that you, you're in this band called Low Lily and, mm. uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. So how, how would you describe, uh, low Lily. Yes. Um, I love this. My, my bandmate Liz came up with this line. We, we explore the roots and branches of American folk music. <laughs> and I just think <laughs> that really describes it so well. We're a trio. We play acoustic folk music. Um, we play mandolin, guitar and fiddle, and then we all sing and we do lots of vocal harmonies and we do a mix of some old American songs, some traditional songs and also some originals. So we all take turns writing music in the band and, and that's really fun. And, you know, this new album that we've been talking about is my my side project, which I'm right. very excited about. But Low right. Lily is kind of my main gig. Um, that's sort of my my full time job these days. And right. they are. Um, a really cool uh, couple of folks to, to, to be around. They're also parents, so they um, totally get it. <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody gets it and is supportive. Um, well, that's so important because it's not like being a full-time musician is not a conducive lifestyle to parenting necessarily. People do it and people work really hard at it, but um, it's great when you're with uh, some bandmates that understand yeah. and will allow for things like, you know, just doing gigs on the weekends or not, not doing two month tours away from your family. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, and I, so, you know, and on the, uh, the note of Lil Lily, I want to po point people towards the song, the particular, in particular, Hope Lingers On, which is, um, a really good message for, uh, for us <laughs> these days. And we're not going to get into why I want people to go check it out. We're not going to get into it too much but um it's it's acapella and it's awesome and the message is as we say in the biz on point um <laughs> I, I, I also want to um 
I, it would, I just have to, right? You, you have a covers record out that you put out mm. yourself. And I want to make sure that everyone checks out your version of Crimson and Clover because oh, it's, thank you. It's, it's really awesome. Okay. So the last bit about the record, and I don't know, you know, this is one of those, like the metaphor is very strong and, you know, I, I automatically put my, um, what I interpret it to mean, and I, I, I think I'm close, but the, the name of the record in and of itself, I think is really powerful. Um, <laughs> Thunder in my arms. So can you tell a little bit about how that name came to be for this particular record? Sure. Yeah. It, that is uh, totally stolen from the lyrics <laughs> of um, the lyrics of the 11th labor of Hercules that we were speaking about earlier. Um, Jenna Rose Nethercott has that line in one of the verses. And, um, you know, for this album, I was I was not really sure what to call it and had a long time where I was totally drifting and lost. And I had pages and pages of, of brainstorm for various title ideas and and you know i'm thinking thinking of things more literal and more kind of clinical you know like you know an album for foster families like i could have just said that on the title but um eventually i you know i was asking all my friends i asked this group of therapists that we work with and that was the winner in the end everybody liked that one the best and it felt as i you know i kind of thought about that for a few weeks and tried it on for size and it it, it did really resonate it, 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 and I don't know because I have never parented a, a birth child before but I don't know if this is the same for everybody but it, it definitely resonates for me as a parent it just feels like you're holding on for dear life and you know you're 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 along for the ride no matter what <laughs> yes yes um, wow okay um well listen this is really uh very very um I, it was great you know it was really great to talk to you um yeah how, absolutely how, how can we uh how can we keep up with you find you follow you hear more of your music learn more about you check out Lil lily like what what are the sites the sites that yes. we need <laughs> <laughs> yes so go to uh com. l-i-s-s-a-f-i-d-d-l-e you can find out more about the record you can listen to clips you can see some of the music videos that are up there check out my tour dates and get links to all of my various projects including low lily um and i should say i i have to um, I have to say that this album, if you if you go to purchase this album on my website, there is a uh, I'm doing an experiment. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm selling it on a sliding scale, sort of like a I don't know, like a, a donation like you would to a yoga class. So the purpose is that I want to be able to give this out to foster and adoptive families for free if they can't afford it. And so uh, I've been running this for a while where people can purchase it at the regular retail cost, which is $15, or they can pay a little less if they feel like that's uh, too much for their budget. Or if they can afford it, they can pay a little bit more and that will pay it forward for another family who might like to get the album in the future. So um, so thanks to all of my awesome fans and supporters so far, we've we've actually been able to give away a bunch of CDs already and it has been, um, it's felt really, really good. So um, that's something that people could contribute to and and find out more about on my website as well. Great. So make sure 
listeners, dear listener friends, that you check, <laughs> check out Lisa's website and, and let's be a part of this. Let's be a part of, of being the, uh, the on the helping side. Um, Lisa, this has been really, uh, really tremendous. And I, I can't thank you enough for your time and your honesty and your openness and talking to me about the music, which is incredible, and the message, which is even <laughs> more incredible, and all of the stuff that you do. Thank you. I'm so glad to have spoken with you. Thanks so much. Okay. So thanks again to Lisa for talking with me. Um, I hope that you got something out of that. I hope that you learned something. I hope that you're going to check out uh, some ways that you can help because this is important. As someone who loves kids, I love my own kids, you know, like a parent loves their own kids the most. And I want all kids to have that feeling of security and home and love that Lissa has provided for her son and that she is helping so many other kids and parents and families just by raising awareness for it and by being a vocal uh, supporter of these issues. And this is, I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I could keep talking. I could keep going and I could keep getting emotional about it, but I think uh, this is best summed up. We'll, we'll tie this episode together by listening to this beautiful song, I Need Us Together from Thunder in My Arms. Support Lissa, support folks who need it, Check out this record, and we will talk to you very, very, very soon. I can come my body when I sit beside you. I can come my body and do like you do. I can come my body when your body's cold.
Sometimes the colors and sights and sounds they spin around, they wind me up and I can't wind down. The people and faces and noises and places all melting together cloud my sight. I need you to help me feel right. Cause I feel fine when you feel fine. I feel strong when you feel strong. Stuff.